episode 74. That's right, listeners. I did my research and figured out what number we're up to this week of the Parkrun Adventurers. I'm Mel and my co-host Scotty has joined me, I hope. Are you there, Scotty? I have. Back-to-back weeks. I know, right? Our flexibility (laughs) is not very flexible at this stage. Oh, well, you know, it's, yeah, that's, flexibility works in both ways. We can be flexible to do weekly podcasts for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) Did you have a good parkrun day last weekend? Always. Care to elaborate? Why not? I visited, I went back to Parkville Parkrun. Now, this is a park In Princess run. Park? In Princess Park, yes. It's all the peas, this one. You, if you go back like 70 episodes, almost, we might have actually talked about Parkville Park Run. This is one of the ones that, in Melbourne, we've got a couple of iconic running spots. Albert Park is one, we've got the Tan, and we've got this place called Princess Park, which has got a 3K running track around it. Very popular with runners, but we never had a park run there. And I sat on a few meetings, worked with a few different groups, had many email conversations, many phone conversations, ran the course a few times with a few different people. We finally got that event up and running. And I went there to the launch, and I haven't been back since. And I think it was about, oh, they might have even been at about event number 70, or in the 60s at least. And and how was it? Nobody knew who I was. It was great. <laughs> Not that I was going there for to be recognised or an ego boost, but nobody knew who I was except for I happened to run into my old mate from Castle, Maine, the ED up there. Nobody knew who he was, despite the fact that he's created this wonderful community event up at Castle, Maine. So it was a nice reminder that even though you can be in the background doing lots of stuff, the the General Parkrunner has no idea, doesn't care. And while my still ego... fly under the radar. Yeah, and while my ego takes a little bit of a hit, it's actually well, not a bad I, thing. I, no, it's not. Not the size your ego is. <laughs> Out of control, <laughs> some people say. Well, you know, you've got your own podcast. Yeah. Sometimes people need to be taken down a peg or two. But that's all right. You know, I, if we were doing it for the recognition, then... We would be doing it for the wrong reasons, and we would be sorely disappointed a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you find, Have you come across similar circumstances where you know so many details about this event, and you're so involved, and then you go there on the day, and you are just another park runner? Yeah, um, well, I kind of like that, so... Yeah, it happens all the time whenever I, I, I adventure around anywhere, you know, I don't tell people I'm coming necessarily and I just quietly participate in the run and I might introduce myself afterwards to the run director on the day but even then most of the time the run directors don't know who who you are or what your contribution has been to a park run in general but you know I, I walked the Namble course a couple of weeks ago as I mentioned with uh, Renee who's the chief operating officer and nobody knew who she was and they didn't really make a big deal out of it and you know, I, I was at Maribara last weekend and if I hadn't introduced myself and told everybody who I was because I was um, volunteering as the run director on the day, then they wouldn't have had any clue either. But even when you tell somebody what your, your volunteer title is or anything like that, they still, you know, 
they don't know what happens behind the scenes and all that sort of thing and that's totally fine I, I prefer it that way you know I I wouldn't like to be that person who everybody recognizes and and they they know exactly what you do so then they come up and want to talk to you about it I, I still like to be that park runner who just gets to run or volunteer every week yeah like I said we were joking about my ego and stuff like that <laughs> it's only partially true <laughs> <laughs> Only partially true. No, it's not. Like I, I'm not complaining about it. It's just an interesting observation. It is. Was it freezing? It seems that it was freezing everywhere in Australia on the weekend. Um, was it freezing? Yeah, it is. There's no avoiding it. I mean, Melbourne's just cold this time of year. We've we've reached the point where we're a couple of months into it now that I'm sort of blocking it out. I'm just I'm focusing on we're getting closer to spring. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was like 15 degrees for me on the weekend. I was just numb. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen 15 degrees for a couple of months down in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got there, I think. Yeah, well, it's not much fun, I can tell you. Take it from me. You don't want to see 15 degrees. And I'll tell you what, you know what the cold weather does to me, though? Like, you would think the cooler it would be, the easier it is to run. But my actually my my kilometers have dropped right off, and I looked back through a couple of the previous years of my running diary, and it, it's a similar pattern. When it gets colder, I lose a lot of motivation, and and I've lost my mojo for running a little bit. And I know you haven't lost your mojo, but you know someone who has. Yeah, I think it's a bit of an epidemic at this time of year, and I don't know whether or not it's literally just the temperature, or if it's one of those things that fluctuates I mean I have lost my mojo in the past and it it gets to be a really hard place to try to crawl your way out of to get back to where you were and motivated and and happy with what you're doing with the running and stuff but how so how are you coping then with your loss of mojo I'm doing really well I'm actually enjoying it Enjoying not having mojo. Does does this mean you're sleeping in more or how does it manifest for you? Because I, I know Sneaky Bird on Strava tells me you're still running, so it can't have completely fallen out of the pants end. No, it hasn't. And I am running reasonably well. But what I don't like is I don't really like running in the dark that much. And I think even though in summer where it gets brutally hot, the idea of just running where it's light appeals to me I don't like wearing a head torch I don't like the thought of every step could be the last one before I fall over yeah I was gonna say is it because you're vertically challenged it at could the best be of times? yeah it could be I did this silly thing we talked about <laughs> fart legs and intervals and all this sort of thing so I did and it was intervals it was intervals did we mention we last week that it was intervals no thanks Mac it was intervals yeah, was well, the word we were There was for. a bunch of people who I, I received random texts or messages throughout the week, <laughs> and that's all they said. They just said, intervals, yes. exclamation mark. I went, yes, that was what it was. Thank you to all those people who knew what I was trying to say. It also confirms that we are no experts, because <laughs> I couldn't help you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did have one person mention that you were actually actively not helping by <laughs> trying to convince me that it was part. Despite anyway. the fact I told you it wasn't. But yes. Speaking of fart leg, I tried to do a fart leg along a bush trail, which I thought was flat, in the dark, <laughs> with a head torch with diminished power, like the battery was running flat. 
And that sort of stuff is not fun, and I think that's why I've lost some mojo. Okay, well, you might need to, you might need to find an athletics track that has lights on at night time, and you can just run around in big circles. Well, I did that the following week, and it was much better. And I actually stopped at the end of it and thought, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I should remember this next, this feeling next time I decide to do a fart leg at night on a trail. Well. If anybody else is lacking in mojo at the moment, there's a great post in the Parkrun Tourism Facebook group, which is all about people giving their suggestions for how people can get their mojo back. I have passed on some of that knowledge to the person I know who hasn't been able to find it for a while, and they have taken some of the tips and they've started to run again, which is really good. I don't think they've quite got their mojo back, but they're certainly on the way, on the way there. And for anyone who isn't on the Facebook, which I would be very surprised that none of our listeners, any of our listeners aren't on the Facebook, um, we've got a bit of an inspirational episode in store for you today, just because there are some people out there that are doing it more, what's the word, I wouldn't say they're doing it harder, but they certainly put some of us to shame in terms of the challenges that they meet when they are participating in park runs in general. So not trying to make people feel bad about their own efforts, but hoping to inspire them. Yeah, I don't think it's... It's not wrong to say it's hard. I think it for, for some people, and like running is hard. Let's not kid ourselves and, and running. Oh, no, not at all. Getting up early in the morning. Otherwise, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it and we'd all feel fantastic and we wouldn't have the health problems that this entire planet seems to have and we'd all have those wonderful smiling photogenic photos that i know most of us don't ever have even at park run (laughs) runner's world it's a very popular magazine and it's a very popular website and someone who they featured was one of our local park runners recently and because of that her popularity has exploded. Welcome to the Parkrun Adventures, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Now, we should start with a bit of background. Jess, if I can call you Jess, you're a Highlands Parkrunner, but you yep. also have a Facebook group called The Long Way Down with Jess, your running diaries. How did you come about with yep. the idea of coming up with a running diary and sharing it with all of Facebook? Um, well, it sort of started, I originally started on Instagram. I thought... I really need to hold myself accountable. So I started putting things on Instagram and I realized, okay, there's actually something happening here. Well, I don't really put anything on my personal Facebook, but I'll start this group and then anyone who really wants to know about it will know about it. And I, I'm on there every day talking about everything I'm doing and started off with a few followers and I've just cracked over 2,000 today on my Facebook group and I just kicked over 19,000 on Instagram today. So it's exploding. That's awesome. The amount of support you'd be getting from all those people must be pretty cool. It is so, I just feel so lucky. I feel really blessed. I'm really, I'm rarely met with any hate or trolling. So it just motivates me. I wake up, I see all the lovely comments. I'm like, yep, right, I can do this. They're right, I can. I can go out, I can give it my best. Even on a bad day, I, you know, I lean on that group and I go, oh, it's not been such a good day. And they pick me up and I start all over again. So I'm feeling really lucky. And how did you come to running, Jess? Um, well, in the runner's world, 
thing. I mean, I, I mentioned that running wasn't anything I really thought about. But I had been going to the gym and it wasn't working. I wasn't pushing myself. And I'd seen many people attempt this thing called park run. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll go give it a go. And then I was there in my first one and I got through the 5K and I'm like, I want to beat that next week. And I did. And then I'm like, no, this is actually something that really could work for me because I'm just, I'm just challenging myself. It's me versus me. And I'm just going to keep getting better. And then I had this little epiphany. I'm like, well, if I'm going to make it a goal, I'm able to make it a big one. I'm going to keep going to park run and I'm going to run a marathon one day. <laughs> so that's how the story really started. Your first visit to park run, how, how did that go? Because you, your times, uh, you haven't cracked an hour oh, yet for park run, have you? No. So there, no. was there some apprehension about going along to park run thinking, I'm not one of the fast guys. How am I going to fit in here? Uh, that was my biggest. I probably registered oh, four to five months before I actually went. And that was probably the biggest thing I couldn't get my head around. I'm like, they're going to pack up before I finish or I'm not going to be able to finish. But I spoke to a friend who'd been going to a park run at the ponds and she was like, I guarantee you they won't leave until you finish. So I just had in my head, I'm like, I've just got to get through it. I've just got to get through it. And I'll apologize the whole time about how long it's taken me. But I didn't have to. I had a really sweet tower runner on the day I had a friend who happened to show up on the same day run back and finish with me um I didn't even know I wasn't even aware of my time until I finished I just didn't I just was focused on finishing and that's how I sort of go about it now it's just about finishing it's not about the time that's a good attitude to have Jess you aren't the only person to ever register for parkrun and then take months and months to get there in fact there are registrants out there who still haven't made it to parkrun so you obviously had a friend who had experienced it before to encourage you along. What would you just say to someone who hasn't been yet? I mean, I personally, now I kick myself that I didn't go sooner. So if you have done that registration, I promise you it's just worth going and getting that first one done and then it will just become a way of life. It will become an addiction. If you've got that time free on a Saturday, you will want to go to Park Run. It's just one of those places you want to go, you want to see the people, you want to try and do your best. It's 5Ks in the bank on a Saturday morning. How good can you start your weekend, really? I'd say all our listeners have most likely been to Parkrun before, but this is good advice for them to know what they could tell their friends who haven't quite made it yet. Yeah. Tell us about the Runner's World article, Jess. How did that come about and what did that do for the popularity of your Instagram followers and your Facebook group? Um, well, I got this you know, private message on Instagram and it was this lady just going, hey, I write for a magazine, Runner's World magazine, you might have heard of it. I was hoping I could, you know, approach you and do some questions. And I'm thinking, oh, is this real? I did a bit of stalking. I'm like, okay, she looks legit. I agreed to it. Didn't really think much of it. And then a few days later, I actually got the, the questions that she wanted to do. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll answer the questions. Still in my head thinking, don't get excited. They may not, they may read your answers and go, oh, not boring. Don't want to actually release it. So I did my answers, and I think it was within another day or two, I woke up to just, yeah, bedlam of excitement from everyone, like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, Jess, you're here, you're here, you're here. I was getting shared everywhere. I think by the end of two days, from just what I could see, it was being shared over 50,000 times. It was just so exciting, so full on, and it's really now I've got this sort of platform where I can talk about it to people and everyone knows that I'm kind of not the real deal because I wouldn't even consider myself the real deal yet. But, you know, I really am going to try and make this work and I am going to 
you know, preach it to anyone who wants to hear about it. So you've got this, I'm going to call it a cult following now, which is fabulous. Obviously, those people all give you support and enthusiasm, but you're using Facebook, the Facebook group as well as a vehicle to help other people, aren't you? Yeah, I'm trying to do my best. Like, I want people to talk about what's worrying them as well, about their apprehensions with it. I also run, like, I do plan events for virtual runs or walks, and that's a way of just people, if they tick that they're going, they feel accountable, they're doing it, they're sharing the stats within that event. They don't feel like, you know, if they want to talk about it on their personnel group, people are always worried that they're going to get, like, sort of shamed by family and friends. So I'm giving them this outlet to, okay, say you're going, share what you did, share how you went, and we can talk about it, celebrate it. And it's going really well. I'm really happy that I can do that for people. And how does that feel, Jess? It when... makes me feel really good. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really, imagine. really like it. Like, yeah. What, what about when, when... I kind the... of feel like a coach. <laughs> what about when the Runner's World article came out? And you were getting bombarded. Were you were you scared? Were you worried about what people were going to say, or were you just really excited that your oh, story was being told? No, absolutely, definitely was really. I couldn't read the comments for a while. I was like, I was too scared to see see what people were saying. But then everyone who sort of knew me well were like, No, all the comments are great. It's got this real positive vibe to it. And I started reading into the comments like, Yeah, okay, I'm okay. It's going really well. Everyone's really taking this story great and it just opened up so many more avenues for me like I've just got I mean I've got Olympians following me like it's crazy who have you got who are some of your favorite followers or famous followers well it's funny that I mean even though I say that my favorite followers are people that have been with me from the start like I'm not saying I don't love everyone that's following me now but there's people that when I first voiced that, oh, this is something I want to do, I don't think I really am a runner. It's those people that grabbed onto me then that said, no, you can do this. You will make this work. And there's still people who I really lean on to this day. There was a lady from the UK. Um, she goes to UK Park Run and she must have seen me. Done, I don't know how. This is how amazing social networks are. She saw me post that Park Run and she was like, you can do this. She private messaged me and she's like, I will help you get there. I will watch you until you go to this park run. And she just every week was like, you can do it. You just got to do it. And she finally got me over that line. I've had someone else from Australia who has lost like 80 kilos who said she started out with park run. And she's like, you can do this. She's actually flying down this weekend to do run Melbourne with me. So these are the people that are doing it. It's their experiences that are really helping me continue this. Like they've just really taken me under their wing. And I just feel so lucky. Jess, you mentioned you've got Run Melbourne this coming weekend. You're doing the 10-kilometre event. How are you feeling about it? Oh, I mean, if you follow me, like, I'm so nervous. Like, I can't – yeah, I'm really nervous. It's purely just in my head, like, oh, my gosh, I just hope I survive and get through it. And I'm, you know, a bit of a dag. And I think, oh, my gosh, they're going to pack up by the time I get there. You know, all the rats will be out at Jollymont Station by then. But I'm really excited. I know I can do it, so it's going to be a really good day. You've completed 10K before or you just have that faith in yourself? I've got up to eight kilometres. I'm following a training plan, so I'm having faith in the training plan that it's all going to work out. I think you'll be fine, Jess. Once you've done, once you've started, I, the crowd will pull you along. <laughs> yeah, the atmosphere. That's what I think is going to get me across the line. Now, tell us about your home park run, Highlands. I've got a close connection with Highlands. I started my park run life at Highlands Park Run. I reckon the team out there is awesome. How's your experience been at Highlands? So 
from the moment I my first one, I have felt like I've been going there for years. I finished my 20th on the weekend, just gone. But I honestly feel like I have been doing this for so long. They have just welcomed me with open arms. I'm so lucky that it's a lapped course because I get encouragement the entire time. Um, and it was mainly, one of the reasons I was drawn to Highlands, actually. I know a lot of people don't like laps, but someone who was starting at, you know, 198 kilos was like, okay, I need to know there's an out. So that's why I did it. But now I really like the laps because I can just tick it off and I've got those people coming up behind me going, you can do it, well done, go Jess. So I just feel part of the family, very lucky. Have you adventured to any other park runs, Jess? I have been to Rudy Hill Park Run up in Sydney. That was a really great course too. It was a bit warm when I went, so I was thinking there was like creatures in the bushes, but no, it was really exciting. <laughs> um, so Rudy Hill, Sydney, have you got any yeah. plans to yeah. try any other park runs close to home? I really do. I'm really on a mission to get this sub 60. So I feel like I need to, I just want to conquer that at Highlands, I feel like. And then once I've done that, I think I will feel a bit better about branching out um, purely because it is very frosty down here in Victoria at the moment. I'm also trying to avoid anyone that's got very slippery courses. (laughs) But I think once it gets a bit warmer, I'll start venturing out to some more courses. And what have you got planned? After Run Melbourne, you, you mentioned. You've got a goal of a marathon. How far yeah, away that, do you I mean, that's probably that? a couple of years, I reckon. Uh, so the plan is, this is this is just rough dreaming pending, you know, my body holds up. I've got a few more 10Ks, 6Ks and 5Ks this year. I'm doing the Father's Day Fun Run, which I'm actually got approached to be an ambassador for. So that's really exciting with YMCA. I'm doing the Harvest Run out in Yarra Valley. So that's going to be beautiful. I really want to do the Melbourne Marathon 10K because I just want to run into MCG, who doesn't, Victorian born and bred. Um, and then I'm just thinking about a few more in November and December, hopefully. And then next year at some point, I mean, I'm pipe dreaming maybe, but I'd love to attempt a half next year at some point. And then the dream is to do a marathon the year after that. Jess, it's often the case that people who run don't necessarily like it while they run, but they like how they feel afterwards. Do you actually enjoy running? Is it something that in the moment you're happy that you're doing? Look, it's 50-50 at the moment with me. Like there's days where I could just find my groove and I'm like, okay, I've got this and I'm really unhappy that I'm, I'm out there, I'm running, my body's letting me do this. And then there's days when you've got those niggles and you're like, oh, why am I doing this? Just go home and rest, put on some Netflix give up but then I'm like I get home I'm like you know what I just I just did 4k's that I wouldn't have done a year ago so it's always that feeling afterwards that afterwards you just feel so accomplished like I get it like so many people make jokes about hating running at the time and then finishing and feeling amazing and it's true sometimes you're just not feeling it but you get it done and you just yes I did that thank you you know (laughs) My mojo is pretty low at the moment. I think Mel knows someone whose mojo is pretty low at the moment. But the feeling after a run is what we do it for. Yes. And I can't believe I'm like totally agreeing with you and I'm having this conversation because (laughs) if you talked to me a year ago, I'd be like, oh, no thanks, not my thing at all. But here I am, yeah, preaching it to the world (laughs) that this is something that's really good for your, your body. It's really good for your mental capacity all this stuff like it's just it's turning my life around it's great to hear and how are you going the the aim is to lose some weight obviously yeah I mean I'm definitely feeling I haven't weighed myself I that was another thing to off subject of part run I decided to not weigh myself this year I'm like 
I was getting too obsessed with looking at the scales and it was just playing my mind too much. So it sort of coincided with starting parkrun. I also ditched the scales and it's all worked. I'm definitely going down in sizes. So it's getting there. (laughs) It will happen. Good luck, Jess. Thanks for coming on and sharing your story with parkrunners. I think, you know, you are an inspiration to many and I think your story can resonate with a lot of people that we haven't met at parkrun yet. I'm not sure if we're going to get them on this episode, but maybe they'll come back and listen to this episode six months down the track Yeah, and they'll find a connection with you. So thanks for coming I on. I really hope so. Thank you for having me. And we're very lucky to once more have Coach Deneen, Coach Steve, back on the couch joining us so we can ask somebody who's a bit of a professional in this aspect about Mojo. Welcome back to the podcast, Steve. Thanks for having me along. Now, we, we've chatted a little bit about the fact that we have experienced ourselves and we know others who have lost their Mojo. Let's just dive right in, Steve. Is there anything you can recommend for people to break out of the, the Mojo having or lost Mojo having state? Yeah, it's, it's really common that people, not just runners, lose their mojo. And I think it's quite easy for people to get their runners back. It's just about uh, getting things done above the shoulder. So if you want to look at why, how someone gets their mojo back, it's the same thing as why someone's not fit in the first place. Why do they want to start running? And that's what I often go back to is, you know, park runs are really good at getting people started into running. You get a lot of people that really don't do any running. They don't know anything about running. And then for some reason, something clicks to get them going. So mojo is a very um, similar experience for me. When people lose their mojo, you've got to find out why they lose it. Are they overtraining? Have they been injured? Uh, Are they not reaching their goals? Do they have no goals? So I think to get people back with their mojo, I often go back to basics. Why do you want to run? And often it's enjoyment, whether it's health, whether it's uh, fun, socialising. So my little tips for people to – Get back to uh, finding the mojos. Get back to the basics. Stop looking at your watch. Stop looking about your PBs. Don't worry about how fast or slow you're going. Just get back to the basics. Run in a good environment. Run with good people. Um, set small goals. Uh, you know, you might find you've done 50 park runs and all of a sudden you've got to a certain level where I'm not getting any faster. And that might be the trigger to actually losing your mojo is, well, I'm not beating my time. That's okay. If you look at the current world record holder, he doesn't go out there every time and break the world record. So I think to get your mojo back, you just need to reshift your focus or um, just, just sort of move things. And uh, I was saying before how it's a bit like a ship. You leave a port, you just need a destination to sail to, and it's okay to change course along the way. So an example might be is um, you've got into running because you wanted to lose weight. You know, you want to lose weight and that's your mojo. And then after a period of time, you're losing the weight. You're like, well, I'm sort of been running now for six months and you know, I am losing weight, but I kind of lose that mojo. Uh, so you might switch to trying to get a little bit faster. You might change park runs. Let's go change a different course. Or you might all of a sudden try and run with someone different. And that might be someone to inspire you. It might be someone better. Or it might be someone not as good as you that inspires you. So my little trick for Mojo is really change your focus. And that could be anything from um, going quicker to going slower to just ch- chilling out. Just see if you can run and pace a friend. So 
yeah, you speak to your friends and find out why there has their mojo gone. You know, maybe they need an event to focus on because they've been training for six months and they go, well, I'm not training for anything. Okay, well, let's give you a target. Go do a 5K run. Go do a 10K run. Go do a trail run. So change their focus or change their enjoyment. You know, you've been racing. Why don't you go um, just chill out and have some fun? Or you've been having too much fun, get a race to focus on. Um, does that sort of make sense? Makes perfect Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Yep. And so, that, that's, so that's a trick. When you find out why people are losing their mojo, all you got to do then is speak to them and find out, well, okay, what got you back to basics? There's a couple of examples I've got now of a school kid that's um, really been flat. He's year 12. He's had five good years at school and, in his final year, he's got really flat because all of a sudden he hasn't made this uh, Victorian team or the state team or whatever he's trying to do. So what we've decided to do with him is, okay, well, go back to basics, run with your mates, don't worry about winning or getting the top three, just go back to basics. And all of a sudden now he's not the pressure of finishing top three, he's enjoying his running again and he loves it. As a coach, Steve, you must see it coming. Like you must get the excuses from your athletes why they can't make sessions what do you do when you can see someone who's drifting off? It's really um, it's quite interesting. As a coach, and I've learned this sort of through different kind of ways, but what I've found as a coach is you can't do it for the athletes. So you can't run for them. So you can only, in a way, I go halfway. I go, look, if you invest your time and interest into it, I invest mine. And if those runners invest in their time, but you see them starting to drift, for me it's trying to figure out why they're drifting. So it might be the case of I'm just not getting the results I want. Uh, work's really busy. Things are hard at home and therefore the pressure's on them. So for me, when I see my athletes start to drift and not really show up much or other stresses are coming on or they're showing up but they're just getting flatter because they're pushing too hard and the results aren't coming, I might back them off. So I might say, okay, Scott, you've been coming. I'm sort of noticing things are getting hard. You're missing sessions. This week, I just want you to tra- train from home. Don't worry about coming to training. Just fit a run in at l- lunchtime. Get home, see your family. It's cold in Melbourne. Get out of the rain and just give them a breather. Or it might be um, a bit of a fit reason they're not motivated because they're not racing well. So I'll go back to why they're not racing well. Um, a couple of guys have had already. They haven't been racing well because they've been training too hard. But they come out on a Tuesday and Thursday and they train really well. When it comes to a Saturday race – and they're not running as well as they should because they've left part of their race in their training. Um, other guys have got a cold and they're really hard on themselves. Uh, there's just a lot of reasons. So for me, as, to, as a coach, I need to understand uh, why. And athletes aren't always forthcoming and telling you why they're not coming. You know, you don't know what's going on at home. You're not sure what's going on at work. They might be having a niggle. There could be a lot of reasons going on. So when I see it with an athlete, you know, I often have a bit of a chat with them. Um, I might monitor them too. I might not chat to them to see how things go for a few weeks and the pattern develops. I might then say, hey, what's going on? Let's try and change this. Um, because sometimes you just have a bad, bad, bad week, bad month. So, yeah, when, when people lose motivation or lose interest or it's getting hard, for me it's to find out why and I just need to um, change things around to stimulate them or let them recover or let them heal a bit. I like how you mentioned it's all above the neck. Um, obvious, obviously, it's it's a head thing, losing motivation, even if it's got external factors like a physical um, result or, you know, people aren't achieving targets and things. What would you recommend for us keeping in the right headspace so that we can just prevent losing mojo in the first place, Steve? 
So, so I often talk to people why they don't get into running in the first place. And one of the reasons people don't run is because when they've gone through school or anything they associated with running growing up is going hard. So if you're out of school, you get in a race, you go as hard as you could, go as hard as you can until you don't feel good. If you're running around the football field or if you're running around anywhere, you go hard until you feel uncomfortable. But people start relating um, not enjoyment with running. It's, it's a hard thing to do. Because I say, go for a job, enjoy it. So if someone's really struggling with their running and they're not enjoying it, I just pull things back and say, go back to the basics. You know, when you go for an easy run, you go around, smell the flowers, look around, go with a friend and have a chat. It's the same thing as sitting at a cafe having a coffee, but rather than sitting at a cafe having a coffee, you're out in the fresh air, you're releasing endorphins in your, in your brain, and it just starts to come along. And the more often you jog and jog easy, the better you slowly build up and feel sort of, okay, my fitness is getting up, I'm feeling healthier, I'm feeling fresher. If you just go, oh, God, I don't feel like running and go sit down and do nothing, that's not going to help either because you start to feel guilty, um, you don't release endorphins. So for me, it's like, yeah, if you're not feeling like you want to run, just do some easy joggings, take the pressure. Um, one of the hardest things with the current technology is people go, oh, but if I look at my Strava or my Garmin, I'm not going as quick as I was last week or last year. Okay, who cares? It's not a race every day. Just enjoy it. And, you know, as I said, Go to run somewhere different. Run with someone slower than yourself. Run with a friend and have a chat. And that's for me is the key, I think. What about we had Jess on the podcast earlier, who's an inspiration to many. What about looking for people for inspiration? What do the fast guys do for inspiration? Do they look at well, each other? Yes and no. So I've heard about Jess and, you know, what an amazing story. And I think – if you want to find inspiration, you can find it in most people from the elites to the beginners. So I'll give you some inspirations I've had in the last six weeks. Um, you know, as you know, I run with Australia's best runners. All these years, guys I train with, I treat them. Um, you've got Liam Adams, you've got Mitch Brown. You know, you, you look at those guys do, and it is inspiring what they get up to. I've got a young guy that I'm coaching, Andre Waring. You know, he's been running two years. When he came to me, he was about 15 kilos heavier. He was playing soccer and, you know, he wasn't that quick. He's improved so much over the last 18 months. I look up to that and say, how great's that? His mental focus and his dedication is really good. Then I go to Scott, yourself, you know, your running has come on leaps and bounds over the last 12 months. And when you first came to me, you were looking at doing a marathon. Then you decided, oh, this 5K thing's not too bad. I still remember when you did it in the end of last summer, you did a 3K track race, never been on track. Now, for you, you did that track race and you were like, oh, yeah, it wasn't my greatest run. It was okay, but different. But from my point as an athlete and a coach, I get inspiration because you jumped in the deep end. You actually went out of your comfort zone and you tried something new. So to me, that's inspiring because I've done 500 track races. You've done one. And if you get out of your comfort zone, that's inspiring in that. Um, you know, for the people that are coming down the park run or trying to lose weight or trying to get fit or they're just trying to make themselves better people by getting healthier, we inspire that. So from the elite guys, yeah, we do find inspiration in each other, but we find it in anyone. You just got to hear people's stories. And, you know, that's the one beauty thing in running. Whether you're running at the London World Champs in three weeks or you're running a park run over in London somewhere else, Everyone knows how hard running is. Everyone knows it's a personal and individual challenge. So you all know you've all been in that sort of uh, hurt locker at some stage. So for me, if you want to find inspiration, you've just got to look around. Well, Coach, um, 
I didn't think that personally my mojo was missing. I thought I'd just like stored it somewhere until I was ready to use it again. But talking to you now, I'm I'm all inspired to get back out there and do some different things and go back to basics and shift my focus. So thank you very much for that. You You've covered that very well and you gave some excellent answers. So I think there'll be a lot of people out there inspired to try something different and mix up their training a little bit now. So thank you very much for that. Well, just before I finish on that is, I can tell you that, you know, um, even the elite guys lose their mojo. And I've had a discussion with a couple of them lately that have lost their mojo and they've only just starting to get it back. Everyone loses it. There's nothing wrong with losing your mojo. You think it's actually a natural part of running. It's about, you know, just refining yourself. So for everyone out there that thinks, oh, I've lost my mojo, what's wrong with me? It's actually a normal part of running. Um, you know, I've now done almost 800 days in a row and it would be about 40 days in that that I did not want to get out of run. I had no motivation. You find it. You're on a run streak that's 800 days long. Yeah, I'm on 800 days straight. So, and I said, everyone says it must be easy. It's not, it's hard. And I've lost my mojo many times in that period. But you get it back and, you know, I had a very big flat patch probably about four months ago and it took me eight weeks to get through it. I'm lucky I had, you know, good support from people around me that just kept me chipping away at it and, you know, you come out the other end and you love it and then when your friends lose their mojo or lose their way, you help them get through it. So I think the running community is pretty supportive and it's common to lose your mojo and it's really good when people just help you get through it. Well, we are a supportive community indeed. I would definitely agree with that. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast again this week, Coach. We really appreciate you joining us. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week of running. Good morning, Scott and Mel. This is PK, uh, Paul Kitching underscore PK, whatever you want to call me, uh, checking in from the Clearland Park Run launch here in South Australia. The first trail run park run in South Australia. I know there are other trail runs around Australia. Looking forward to hearing about them. But uh, today, you can hear all about the Cleveland Park Run. We've just arrived. Fantastic turnout. I'm just here checking out everyone. Lots of people from Mount Barker, um, from the city. So Cleveland is in the foothills um, of Adelaide. The Cleveland Wildlife Park um, is where we are at. So we're expecting to see uh, lots of furry locals. There's lot, at the moment, there's lots of um, cold locals <laughs> standing around. Anyway, we're going to get going in a minute. Uh, really looking forward to a great run. Actually, I'm going to wander up here and just uh, off the cuff say good day to John. John Lang's the uh, run director. John's just going to say good day before the run. How are we going, mate? Good. Busy. It's great, is isn't it? Isn't it? Great turnout. And Greta? Morning, PK. How are you going? I'm great. Yep, we're just getting ready for the run, so we'll chat. We'll have a chat to you guys afterwards. But um, a great turnout, and looking forward to an awesome, awesome day. Indeed, we hope so. And um, anyone who wants to hear this and come along and have another great day any other Saturday morning, feel free. Good man. All right, let's get this show on the road, and uh, we'll chat to some crew afterwards. Well, that was fun, and I thought the best person to speak to uh, after the run is Sputnik. Sputnik, uh, what did you think of the Cleveland run today? I think that it was beautiful and amazing and picturesque and I saw kangaroos and I saw a koala and I saw a lot of crazy runners running up and down those bloody hills. Yes, indeed. Yes, uh, the first trail run for South Australia. Have you done any other park run trail runs, interstate or anywhere? No, I've done plenty of park runs but never a park trail run. 
Yeah, it's in, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I um, and I know you do lots of trail runs, and you're out there, and you're a manic runner. And thank you for your support and taking photos and getting it out there. Beautiful photos, may I say? I was out there only taking photos. I'm running. That's why I'm not puffing now. <laughs> I'm just I'm just hanging out today. No, um, no I was I was um, yeah, I was impressed with how many people turned up, um, and also with the um, there was even someone with a pram, which is very impressive. I'm going to have to ask her how she oh, went. That was crazy good, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, how impressive mate. is that? But that's depressing yeah. because when someone with a pram runs past you, you go, how are they? Put-? They're not only pushing. Pushing themselves up that hill, they're pushing another person. Oh, mate. Um, for those who don't know, Sputnik um, uh, has um, a great mantra, which is uh, um, uh, everything is awesome. Awesome uh, is possible. Awesome is possible. Awesome is possible. No ordinary. Yeah, that's yeah. right. NMF. And life uh, is all about the relentless pursuit of wow. That's and it. And today was wow. Like I, There was a great crowd, but I have to admit, if it was raining, I wonder if that might have uh, yeah. weeded a few out. <laughs> we were very lucky. There's a spot of rain on the way. But um, beautiful, beautiful day. Good on you, Spud. Thanks so much, mate. Good well chatting. Done. Have fun. Thanks, mate. Okay, I'm now with Esme. Esme, how many park runs have you done? I've done about over 50. Over 50, well done. Uh, and what do you think of today's park run here at Cleveland? It was fun and nice being in the hills. Awesome. And uh, did you see anything furry? Uh, yeah, I saw a koala and I also saw a kangaroo. Cool, cool. All right, well done, guys. Uh, guys. <laughs> She's hanging with the friends. Sorry, right. I can call them guys. Ladies, actually. Well done. Uh, did you have fun, Lily? Yes, I did. Awesome. Uh, and will you come back to Cleveland? Oh, definitely. Good work. And you, Ava? Maybe. Uh, maybe. How about you, Liza? On a warmer day. On a warmer day. There you go. Straight from the kids' mouths, the reality, how, how it really is. Okay, for the next quick fire rapid questions, we are speaking with Julia. Hi, Julia. Hi, how are you? Great, mate. Where's your um, home park run? Mount Barker. Awesome. Uh, like a few of us here today. Uh, how many park runs have you done? Uh, this is 32. Awesome. And where's your favourite park run so far? Uh, ooh, they're all great. Oh, they're all good. No. You've done, have you done any overseas? I have done two yeah. overseas. I've awesome. done Barnsley and one in Portsmouth. What do you think of Cleveland? I love it. It's beautiful, it isn't is it? It is lovely. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough, but it's gorgeous, and uh, we love that, and we love a bit of a, you know, it's, it's just a contrast to other park runs. Anyway, good on you. Thanks, Julia. Thank you. See ya. Okay, now we're going to do some quick fire, uh, fire rapid questions. I've got Charlie. Charlie's waiting. Good on you, Charlie. Charlie ran with me today and walked. Charlie, uh, sorry, Charlie Butler is your name. Yes, sir. And g'day. Hi, how you doing? Great, mate. Uh, this is how many park runs for you? Uh, okay, 44. Well done, mate. Where do you usually park run? Mount Barker. Awesome. And what do you think of Cleveland today? Well, a park run that has a lot of hills isn't necessarily a park run for everyone, but I liked it. Good answers. Well done, mate. Let's find someone else. Okay, we are now in the Cleveland Wildlife uh, Park Cafe. Some would say the best part of park run. And I'm here with a penguin. Hello, penguin. Hello, how are you today? Good. It's actually the awesome Jane Luke. Is that how I pronounce your surname? That is correct, yes. Awesome. Uh, Jane, who many know uh, from the park run and trail running and running world. Jane, what are your thoughts on uh, Cleveland Park Run? Um, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Um, it's probably not a great course to try and do a PB because <laughs> you'll probably be disappointed. Yeah. But it's, we saw a couple of koalas and great spot for a selfie uh, halfway. So um, what more could you want? Correct, yeah, the Long, the, uh, long Ridge Lookout, exactly. Uh, and you've, you've got the, uh, the, the uh, One Piece, the, um, what's it called again? The Onesie. Onesie. Oh, man, I'm clearly need coffee. Um, the, pe- the Penguin Onesie. Do you often run in a Penguin Onesie? Uh, uh, this is the first time. Um, I just thought it was appropriate um, given that it's been quite cold up here. And also, because uh, I was walking, I thought I might have a little bit of fun with it. Um, and in the beginning, I was really, really thankful because it was quite chilly. But yeah. 
It's surprising how warm you get walking in a, in a onesie. <laughs> Have you done any of the uh, parkrun trail runs interstate? No, this is my first. Um, I'd like to. I know there's a few of them out there and um, I'd be pretty keen to try them out, but probably not wearing a penguin onesie <laughs> next time. <laughs> That's all right. Um, what's the next big event for you? I know you did Boston Marathon. Uh, was that? Uh, do you have any more big ones coming up? Um, I, not well. Uh, Population-wise, it's probably as big, but not um, event-wise. The City to Surf in Sydney in a couple of weeks. That'll be my next one. Also, awesome. have you done that before? Yes, I yes, did it two so. years ago. So I'm looking forward to that. Once again, probably won't do it in a onesie. <laughs> Good on you. Well, thanks, Jane, and thanks so much for everything that you do for Parkrun South Australia. No worries. I know you're a great supporter. Well done. Thanks so much. Thanks. Okay, we're now uh, still at the cafe, but we're outside and listening to some uh, lovely wildlife tweeting away uh, there whilst um, park runners are tweeting away inside about the awesome park run that they just did um, here, here at Cleland. And I'm with John Lang, who is the Joint Event Director uh, with Sorrell. Yeah, with Sorrell Mollison. John, uh, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. Good on you. So um, you and Sorrell, uh, uh, how, we're happy with uh, how, went, how today went? Yeah, look, we're absolutely pumped. We um, watched the trials, and the trials had good numbers. We had 70 or so people for each of the trials in less than ideal weather. And mm. today it's beautiful blue sky and sunshine and a beautiful winter's day. And so we was figuring, okay, two lots of 70, probably get all of them in one spot and get 120, 150, and that would be a good launch. And... Um, the last person in was number 229 today, so we exceeded expectations. Very impressive. Really well. yeah. yeah, and the cafe here has been slammed. Yes. Um, <laughs> but good of them to be open, the Cleland Wildlife Park Cafe. Got to give them a bit of a plug. Yes, they've done a brilliant job. They, they, We came in and had to chat to them, and they weren't sure about this idea of opening early for us, but I think after today that uh, Matt and Val will be... Um, have made, you know, 200 uh, lattes over there on the machine. <laughs> they, I think they might be... Uh, Keen to get a few helpers in for next week. You know, uh, it's going to be a busy and popular place to be at the end of the run. Yeah, sure is. Um, Clearland is a, a beautiful, a beautiful part um, of uh, South Australia or of Australia. Is this a an area? I mean, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to do a park run here and where you know where where your park run journey started and and uh, how it brought you here. Yeah, it's kind of apt to be here in many ways. Um, I got into park run at Mount Barker, just like you, PK. And um, mine started because I was training for the Eurobilla Ultra Marathon. And Eurobilla is probably the biggest, most uh, busy um, ultra we have here in SA. And it mm. actually passes just past the top of our course here. And um, yeah, so basically it passes straight through the car park that we use. Mm. So we, we abut <clears> to it. So. I was out using Parkrun as an extra incentive to get out on Saturday morning and a bit of speed work as it is. And um, training all those long runs, your mind kind of wanders when you're getting ready and you got four hours out on the trail. And I decided, well, I think I'd rather do my Parkrun on the trail. So that's where the idea came from. And then, yeah, about nine, ten months ago, we kind of started making contact with the John Laurie, one of the territory directors here and with Parks, and we started this whole process off. Brilliant. Yeah, well, certainly we've been hearing about trail runs in other states and so it's great to have, have one here. Obviously it's different to other park runs, which I think is the, is the, um, the beauty of it, the fact that, you know, it's not going to suit everyone. But, but, hey, if you come here and you do Cleland, then you know you can go elsewhere and get a PB. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Look, I mean, we looked at it. Um, in terms of elevation and whatnot here, we do have just a wee little bit, as you'll see <laughs> if any of you guys look on the Strava Club. 
Um, but yeah, look, there's others with more here in SA. There's, uh, sorry, in Australia, there's other ones that are equally challenging from what I hear. The beaches, I can't imagine running 5K on soft sand. That would be pretty challenging in my book. But ultimately, yeah, we're all about being inclusive and, you know, inclusivity comes from diversity. And by embracing everyone and everything, <clears throat> that's horses for courses and there's something here now for those guys that we had a few first-timers today than those trail runners that hadn't really done much park running in SA because they wanted that more challenge. And sure. now that it's here and on offer, I think we'll see them getting into their red and black shirts in the next couple of years and that'll be great to see. Awesome and uh, you're right and that, that's opening up a, such a, another audience to parkrun that may never have thought about doing parkrun and now can see them they think well if it's a, if it's a good 5k um, you know, run every week as well as the trails, that's great. Absolutely and it was great today we had first timers that are from some of the local hill towns up here and um, one of the ladies that came along Sally I know from trail runs and she brought her two kids with her so we've got trail runners and park runners of the future coming out we even had some of our nig folks come out and push the pram up and down the hill which i was very inspired about i've done the pram running when i had my kids and they were little and that's a tough gig so yeah, it was no, great was to see it's very brilliant. impressive good on you john and one and one final thing it's yep. um it adds a um a c to the pirate club as well it does i did ask there was a few blank stairs but i think a few people <laughs> may be coming home and having a bit of a look to see what i was on about <laughs> that later today so yeah, yeah we've got three c's and one r in sa anyone thinking about it you can get a good start already come awesome. along good on you john well congratulations mate well done looking forward to um many more excellent days up here at cleveland and uh thanks for um, thanks for everything that you do uh, as a volunteer um, and bringing you know more parkrun events like this to South Australia. No worries, PK. Thank you for your help too, mate. Good on you, buddy. Thanks, mate. You know, there's a reason PK is in the Channel Five News crew. He does some stellar roving reports, and there's another one from the Cleveland parkrun launch over the weekend. Nice work, PK. The countdown is on. Until we get to... Countdown? Yeah, the countdown's on until we get to meet PK. And the whole crew yes. from South Australia. Because we've booked. We've booked our trip. We've booked our adventure. How many days? It's got to be less than 60 by now. Oh, yeah, way less. We're talking just over a month. Well, when you say the countdown is on, I think we actually need to, to make sure we know what the numbers are. Okay. We should look into that. Yep. But, yes, that will be very exciting. It will be wonderful to meet... One of the, well, the first member of the Channel 5 News team. And a whole bunch of South Australian park runners, because we know absolutely they're pretty awesome, as we've learnt from PK's reports. And we have another gentleman who is making an excellent case for joining the Channel 5 News team. Ooh. Dave Moss was at Stanthorpe Park Run on the weekend for their Christmas in July event. And he had a little chat to event director Kirsten Ellis. Hello. Um, it's the middle of winter and you've just had the midwinter brass monkey run. Yes, we have a, um, a Christmas in July park run. That's a special event that we organise in Stanthorpe. It's basically to celebrate the cold in Stanthorpe. And how long have you had this? Uh, that was our third Christmas in July. Uh, so growing every year. And how was it today? Uh, it was cold. Um, <laughs> the previous two years we have actually managed to have one of the hottest days on record for July. But this year we 
pulled a cold one. Yeah, there was frost on the ground. There was a lot of frost. It was about <laughs> minus five, and Weather Zone was reporting a feels like of minus ten. So that was cold. And what did the runners <laughs> think of it? Um, they were all pretty subdued at the start compared yeah. to previous years, but that's understandable in the cold. We're lucky to have Santa arrive and warm the crowd up. Um, and distributed a small amount of sugar that, that helped was as well. Yes, yep. the, the fire brigade turning up with Santa. That was uh, unexpected. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed it. It always puts a smile on everyone's faces anyway and helps to cheer us all up in the freezing conditions. So Stanthorpe is the coldest uh, park run in Queensland. Yes, we're claiming it, yes. I think you win it. Yes. Where do people come from who normally run in Stanthorpe? Our regular runners are... Stanthorpe people, mm. um, so just people who live in town or live on the outskirts. The first year for winter we had a core of about 20 people who came each week. Um, this is our third winter and we're holding steady at about 50 runners per week, so that's pretty good. It's growing over time in uh, It seems like a fairly close-knit community. It there, is, right? it is. Um, you've got to be fairly dedicated to keep <laughs> up your physical activity through winter. So that's our main reason for having the Christmas in July is um, a lot of us will train for the Gold Coast Marathon, which happened earlier this month, and then just to keep the motivation up through these no. really cold conditions. So, oh, it's a beautiful area too. Yeah, having everyone come and visit, has been it's great motivation to keep everyone going on their parkrun journey every week. So it's a lot of fun and we enjoy putting it on. And we do recommend that uh, if people want to come out here for parkrun, there are a lot of additional things to do in the Stanthorpe area. Yes, well, it's the area of apples and grapes. So plenty of bed and breakfast and in winter a roaring fireplace and um, lots of wineries to test lots out. Lots of wineries. Lots of wineries. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Dave. He's pretty good, Dave. What do you reckon, Mel? He's certainly getting a lot of adventures in at the moment. What do you reckon about adding him to the stable? I, I think we should. Let's just do it. The team needs to grow. It does. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, Dave. Welcome to the Channel 5 News crew. Keep him coming. Lyndall, we need a report from you soon too because we can, <laughs> we can kick you off. <laughs> You've got to maintain it. Yes, the glory. You've got to earn it. The glory of being part of this team. It's not given, it's earned. <laughs> and I'm sure Linda will take that as a challenge accepted. Now, no launches this week in Parkrun Australia. No, that's going to give everybody a, a bit of a chance to catch up on statesmanships wherever they may be. And only a couple of anniversaries as well. Yeah, end of July is a quiet one. So what have we got? We've got Bathurst in New South Wales. They're celebrating their anniversary and... Christie's Beach in South Australia. So get along to one of those if you want some cake or potentially donuts if they're hoping to attract Scotties of the world. Now, I don't want to jinx this either, but we have no cancellations either. Well, that's a bit awesome. It is. So it, might, it might be, well, apart from the fact that if it wasn't so cold, we, we could have had a big attendance this weekend. Well, it would be a long time between every single event running. Like, I can't remember the last time there were no cancellations. Maybe we should 
have another question for Mr. Hay about that. We ought to get him on the podcast again very soon to start answering these questions that we keep coming across. Yep. But you add that to the list as well. I will. You added last week's question. I did. Do you remember what it was? No, that's why I said add it to the list. (laughs) (laughs) And you told me you did. I did. I remember what it was. I was just checking you. Good. So that's another one. Cancellations. Awesome. Well, I think that about does it for this week, Scotty. Just checking in. You're not going anywhere new on the weekend? Ah, this coming weekend, I am back to run directing at my home park run. So (laughs) Good. I think that's a great idea. That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting worried that I'm going to increase the lead, are you? Well, no, I I had my spies out. And, um, you know, maybe you need a bit more practice run directing. Just I think you need to focus on that job. Oh, really? I didn't do a good job? I'm not saying. I'm just saying that you just, you need to refine it. Oh, okay. So a few more, a few more goes and you'll get there. Okay. Keep trying. Don't give up the, don't give up the run directing. (laughs) Don't give up my day volunteering. Yeah. So that's good. Have fun. I'll speak to you next week. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mystery. It'll keep everybody on the edge of their podcasts. (laughs) 